Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 372, and today we'll be talking about I'm Mitch Williams from Glitch Checks. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Oh, I should have said, and I am David. Anyway. <laughs> so finally, we come to it. The episode that shows that maybe Mitch is kind of sweet after all. Apparently the sweetest, as it gets added to his character attributes at the end. I, you know, okay, so this episode finally, finally gives Mitch a little bit of a heart and, you know, humanizes him because it turns out he wasn't a science experiment gone horribly wrong. He's actually a human being with a family, which is cute. Um, Although he apparently has the messiest, grossest siblings in the world. I don't think it fuels his behavior, but it would fuel mine because uh, it's very thrown off upset by the state of his house because uh that that couldn't be me couldn't be me uh too much of a clean freak and i would be a lot more upset (laughs) and apparently glitch text takes place in an alternate reality where the content algorithm favors streamers who live in the united states rather than streamers who live in europe because for some reason mitch and his family came to the united states to do their streaming who knew? Yeah, weird, <laughs> weird little alt-universe thing there. Also, though, I think that the video game glitches actually come alive and attack people. So it might there might be a few things <laughs> that uh, prove this is an alternate universe from our normal one. Wait, that doesn't happen to you? <laughs> uh, so, Blueberry Brains... I don't think that Mitch had used the phrase blue, the word blueberry before to describe his favorite little sidekicks. Oh, he's called them blueberries before, I'm certain. I can't believe I didn't notice it until this episode. He says it quite a few times and then finally says it endearingly. But uh, I think blueberry brains really made me stop for a moment. <laughs> I mean, either either I've watched this episode a hundred times, and for whatever reason, like that is just synonymous with Mitch to me, or he says it throughout the series. Oh, yeah, somehow I've missed it, but uh, thank goodness it's because before I didn't view Mitch as human, and I guess now I'm hearing him talk about fruit for the first time. But uh, as for let, let's, I, I, there was a funny jape in this episode. A that jape. I, I they must have intended. When Miko says, hey, you know, let's tail Mitch and have ourselves a hoedown. And Five says, I don't know what that is, but I am down. And it's like, what would he have said after down? We don't know because the scene ends, but you can imagine what he might have said. I am down to ho. <laughs> Must have been. That's the safe <laughs> bet right there. That's, that's, that's adorable. They're going to go do some gardening. Yes, that is funny that he also has never heard the phrase hoedown before, although maybe just not used in that context. Speaking of, uh, this is terrible. This is a terrible transition. Speaking of uh, Five's hose, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, he has his little manifested fives that are all, all cute. Uh, you know, f- holy some, smokes. Yeah, holy smokes. They, you know, little little bit of a little bit of um shipping fire right at the beginning of the episode with having uh, yes, Zara yes. and Miko react equally to the cute little fives. And I was like, oh man, they threw that one bone before the series ended. 
I did like the, oh, it's cute. Oh, you don't have to be sarcastic, Sarah. What? That's just how I am. And then she sees something she actually thinks is cute. Aww. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not the glitch that she finds cute. Or the plixels. It is the uh, the subject. Okay, so philosophical debate. Mitch says, let's skip to the cutscene. Uh, what? I don't want to skip to the cutscene in a game. I want to skip the cutscene. I feel like that should have yeah. been the phrase. I feel like you, you're stuck in a cutscene and you got to get out of it. True gamer. That would made a lot more sense if he had said, let's skip the cutscene. Yeah, I think that this demonstrates Mitch is uh, totally a weak gamer. Totally lame. He just plays for the story. What kind of gamer plays for the story? He has been focusing a lot on work, so. That's true. All of, all of Mitch's stuff doesn't, you know, really have cutscenes. He, you know, he's like that kind of competitive gamer, so maybe he just doesn't know what it's like playing a game that has cutscenes in it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Glitch Texas does such a good job at coming up with these completely off the wall, but perfectly gamer culture phrases. And this one just stuck out to me as. You were so close, but I don't know. (laughs) Then again, some people really enjoy story-based games. And, you know, I remember playing not a very story-based game. I think Five's one of them. Well, Five loves every aspect of a a game. But I I don't know. I remember as a kid playing, like, Phantom Hourglass on my DS and thinking, oh, yeah, I love the cutscenes. I play for the cutscenes. I just want to see the story progress, which is hilarious because it's a Legend of Zelda game. And nothing happens in it. Like, there are cutscenes, but it's just like, oh, there's a boss. Oh, the ending cutscene. Like, there's no other story, but... But, yeah, I mean, you know, that's motivation. Or, like, I had a friend obsessed with Death Stranding, which has, like, what, seven and a half hours of cutscenes in it? And, yeah, (laughs) it's a good thing he liked watching that, because (laughs) it's not much else to do. That is how I felt playing Yakuza 0. It's like, this is the best movie I've ever played. (laughs) And I mean, yeah, it's true. There are games like that. I, I don't know. I can't get into that. If I am sitting with a controller in my hand for like more than 10 minutes, I'm trying to think of a game that starts that way that ticks me off. But mostly I play uh, that good old Nintendo and they uh, can barely bring themselves to make cutscenes most of the time. So. I can't remember their titles, but I have played a few games recently where it's like, why? Why is there so much cutscening at the beginning? I just want to play. I mean, it used to... There was a time where uh, most, like, premier AAA games started with long and unskippable cutscenes. Oh, good grief. Like, uh, Ickenfell has a little bit of that at the start, but it's like at the end. I have not, quote-unquote, finished Ickenfell yet because... It just ends on this cutscene that just keeps going and going and going. And it's like, well, I've already beaten the game. Do I have to beat the epilogue too? (laughs) Do you have to beat just watching the epilogue? Oh, man. So, uh, hands up in the audience. Who here's played a little obscure game called Overwatch? Did any (laughs) of my Overwatch players in the audience get a kick out of this one? Um... I have, I'm adjacent to Overwatch players in my life, people who are much more obsessed in it than me. What Overwatch thing did I miss in this episode that was glaringly obvious? Tech specialists should have looked and sounded quite familiar to, uh, to anyone who's played Overwatch. He, he looks quite like Soldier 76, and 
His voice actor just so happens to be the same voice actor and wow. famous Soldier 76 line, You don't want to go to war with me. And what does Tech Specialist say? You don't want to mess with me. Now, that's impressive. That might have been intentional. No, it sounds completely, because they don't really... I don't. I couldn't think of any other instances of fourth wall breaks in the show, other than the way that, you know, maybe sometimes we... Like, the show itself sort of fourth wall breaks by, like, making fun of a character situation, turning it into a gamey or something. Like, the show itself will laugh at a, a scenario that's occurring, but the characters never turn and wink at the camera. So I thought that was weirdly out of place, but it's because of that connection, you know? Yeah, it's because it's a reference that he broke the fourth wall. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty epic, honestly. I love that line so much. That makes so much more sense than the Jamie Lynch <laughs> appearance. Like They don't have famous people showing up all the time, but uh, I think that that's a better nap. Honestly, makes me regret that they uh, didn't get more gaming cameos. It's kind of like with OKKO. You know, if if we're going to have Jamie Lynch, then it has to be for something gaming related she's done. So what has she done that's gaming related? She should have called the glitch text Pussy Willows. (laughs) Wait, is that what Everyone loves that line from, yes, she she calls the Marines that in Wreck-It Ralph. How did they slip that line into such a... (laughs) <laughs> such a just doesn't even sound child appropriate it just doesn't sound child appropriate at all <laughs> it's just a tree david i don't know why you're making such a big deal out i mean of it. she could have been holding a cat and shaking it and said the same thing <laughs> but it's still still wouldn't buy it oh man uh, i mean you gotta have a little bit of edge in your in your in your disney animated show yeah when you're when you're a giant undefeatable corporate entity, you can do things like that. Who's gonna stop you? Your own created movie rating board? Come on. Um, Walt Disney's Frozen Head probably would have something to say about that if you went too far. <laughs> oh, imagining the inner cult at Disney that actually worships and like receives. They pretend that they can hear telepathically from the Frozen Head of Disney, but of course, it's not actually communicating anything. But like, this is where all the decisions get made. Makes sense. Okay, I just got Inca vibes there, but okay. <laughs> so what do you what do you think about the the family, the Furious Four, except they're the I don't know, terrifying three now. I think there's a lot more to learn about them to understand you know, they're pretty supportive. They're obviously easily pulled into their games. I want to know why Mitch had such a changed relationship with them. How did he end up in this glitch text job? And then once he started doing it, you know, why did he turn so much to hating teamwork? Because it doesn't seem like it was a negative atmosphere or a competitive atmosphere. It seemed like it was probably a very supportive atmosphere. So, you know, Mitch in the middle of this episode is, you know, just disgusted by, but understanding that it works the teamwork of you know miko and five he called them little ponies i liked that (laughs) like it's amazing that he you know is disgusted yet knows that it's it's real but of course he knows teamwork is real and works this dude has not been a loner his whole life being his own lone streamer he was in this family 
I don't know what caused that. And this episode didn't give us hints as to why Mitch's character changed. And now he's just coming back and like being okay. And seemingly not because of some other thing that happened off screen being healed. Like it's still just the food. Like they're just cleaning up now. (laughs) Well, my theory was always that he was recruited into Glitch Techs for his work being a very high-level professional gamer, and the fact that he did guide content probably didn't hurt. And then it probably really irritated him that they kept on going doing the Furious Four name and just, you know, soldiering on without him. That probably hurt him a little. Um, little did he realize that they were probably only doing that because they were hoping that he would come back to them at some point. So they, they hurt each other without realizing it. A terrible story of our lives. And uh, that's where we ended up today. That is an excellent fan theory. My favorite component of fan theories, uh, which is true because I've also been reading up on a lot of fan theories, uh, again on Metroid, because I've just been playing it and I'm like, oh, I want to know so much about Samus. Best thing about fan theories is when they absolutely convince you they're real and it's like almost not even in the subtext. Like the scenario you, you just described is not in the subtext at all. It's in the realm of plausibility such that you can propose it. And I say Uh, it would connect to all those facts, but there's nothing suggesting that like, are you sure? Okay. What, what direct? No, I'm saying it's good. It's a good theory. No, he says, he says those blueberries don't need me. He's, he's, he feels unneeded Mm. by Miko and five. Uh, so doesn't that suggest to you that he feels unneeded by the team he wants to? By his family as well. That's, I, you know, you are so good. And I am in amazement. That is true. Yeah. So you get the parallel through Miko and five. And that tells you everything that you need to know without knowing the details that the same situation occurred. Which it's funny because... He was such an asshole. <laughs> like, I get it. I get feeling like, oh, wait, they didn't need me. But honestly, I guess you need a little bit of that selfish pride in yourself to be the seed to grow into the jerk that Mitch became. Because at first it starts off as, oh, they don't need me. And then it turns into, Pfft, they don't need me. I don't need them. Like, and it's not over that dramatic of a thing. And obviously they probably would have been inviting him all the time. But I guess they did their other sin of once he started being out, they started trashing the house and never communicated that it was because they wanted to be around him more. Now he felt not only not needed, but also like a little chore boy. So fair enough. We humans are very averse to having conversations that are very important for us to have. It's actually very sad. But it's great for TV. <laughs> it's, it yeah, it really, gives you great material for TV, but it it, really it gets it makes it too real sometimes. Makes it too real. Fair enough. Hey, remember to talk to each other. Yes, it's very important. I do want to know though, how did Five, who was a big Mitch FTW fan, never realize that Mitch Williams, Mitch FTW, was part of the Furious Four? How would he not know that? These these episodes were made together as part of the same season. Actually, no, they were even in the same half of the same season. So, literally, how did he not know this? Okay, without even analyzing it, let's just consider that they all call him brother. (laughs) And then, in the episode, he goes, 
Wait, they were calling you brother? Because you're their brother? Like, I couldn't believe that reveal. I, I, I don't know. Like, people say, hey, bro, can you help me out all the time? I guess, but it really seemed like, how else would they freaking know him? I guess they could have not all been siblings, but here's the thing. It was that he goes into the house, and then they all call him bruv, but they also are all siblings. So you're like, okay, so the fourth member would also be the fourth sibling. It's not that hard. <laughs> well, I mean, five can be kind of thick sometimes, remember. He doesn't even know what a hoedown is. Look, they're in a show in which no one else has that accent. Maybe other people in their world that they can see that I can't have that accent. But I mean, they have the same accent and call him brother. Like, Remember, this is Five, who on the way here laid out his whole plan for stalking Mitch. When, for one, all you have to do is enter in the portal address, thank you very much. And then two, Mitch was literally right there. <laughs> Miko was so not having it during that. So, five, maybe not the most observant. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. And then, of course, there was his, his ladder moment. I loved that. Um, really, Miko should have offered him a ride, but I guess she wants to be a supportive partner and let five do things his way. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it, it's evident that five needs help. <laughs> so she uses Allie to get into the into the house. I almost called it a mansion. It is a very nice house. Those guys must be Streamer very popular money. streamers to be getting that much cash. But she does not use Allie to chase after the glitch. She instead uses her parkour parkour, which five is very accurate with those, by the way. I was impressed by that. Okay, and I was impressed by that scene. Again, that's where the budget went. Those platforms and the way they had the shot set up was very cinematic and very thrilling, which was perfect because it was the moment of demonstrating that teamwork is amazing. And this moment happens before Mitch later talks about that they don't need me and their teamwork works great because this is him being actively proven wrong for the millionth time as he witnesses it that, hey, this little duo ship thing, this, this actually works really well. But it looked really cool. <laughs> I love the pseudo 3D nature of the show, which can have moments like this where Miko's, you know, just float jumping along next to the railing. Super cool. Also, unfortunately, it reminded me of the Wii U launch title, New Super Mario Bros. U, which features a, features a <laughs> similar mechanic in which uh, someone can place blocks on the Wii U gamepad while another person jumps. And you could do some uh, pretty cool speedruns that way. but. I'm sure that's not what this was a reference to. But if you are interested in a game in which one person can throw down platforms under another person, uh, go check out that. Although, now that I'm thinking, if you want an intro into being your own indie dev and post a, like, short 20-second clip to Reddit that everyone gets mad about and claims it's self-promotion, make this game. That would be cool. A 3D game that's, like, one person's a support throwing platforms and... I don't know. It seems like it could be interesting. Maybe both people can throw platforms. I don't know what you do beyond that. Mechanics, but cool core mechanic. So I'm done obsessing with that. <laughs> now, this episode really felt like it could have been a season finale, but it's actually not. I think it's a Mitch finale. I don't think so. Kind of five says we fought bigger glitches than this. 
Yeah, I agree. The glitch was almost comically simple. Like, it reminded me of a monster in Scooby-Doo because of how over-the-top basic scary it was. Like, I thought they were going to pull his head off and be like, oh, it's just old man Jenkins. Because it just was not that intimidating of a glitch. Where's old man Jenkins? (laughs) So, uh, you know, I think that they've had more epic... You know, this wasn't a glitch uh, vault failure. He's no Ginkgo, that's for sure. Right. Like, all the glitches didn't break free and clone everybody and Lord knows what. Like, But it was a good character arc. It was a great ending to Mitch's arc that he's been going through this season. But the the next episode, the true season and sadly probably series finale takes us to some interesting new places. It would actually probably be better served as the season three opener. Oh, really? But, you know, they gotta leave us with that cliffhanger, you know. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not, not excited. Because I will point out, the episodes the episodes are done on the cruise end. They've storyboarded them. They've recorded the audio for them. It's just no one's willing to pay to have the episode animated, so. Ugh. Yeah, the step where they, I don't know if there's any big city green fans out there, but. That's the step where uh, you launch the I saw that GIF posted to Twitter, <laughs> and it was hilarious. Yeah, that's where you launch the rock with your storyboards attached to it over to South Korea. <laughs> that was, I really, just, that GIF on its own was make me like, I, I kind of want to watch this series someday. It definitely so, made me go maybe. and start watching the first episodes. Um, it's something where, like, I feel like the jokes are amazing. But it would be something for me to be hard to like commit to watching regularly. I think there's just a time in life uh, where yeah. I, which is being a kid mostly, where like you can just have a stream of 11 minute things passing through your head and it not have a lot of story content. And you're like, I love this. But I feel like I watch so much less of this. Sounds like the Patrick Star show from what I've heard of it. Oh, no, don't compare. I Okay, to be fair, can't say anything critical about it. I don't even know if the Patrick Star show's had its first episodes air, but I did watch the preview of it, and it looked like everything I hated about modern Spongebob continued. Like, they, it is amazing how unfunny and drawn out they can make Spongebob as a property. You'd think someone would honestly be able to pick it up and, like, give it some life, but god, they're just... And it's terrible, because I love those voice actors, and I love so much about it, but mm, don't even get me started on that starfish. Don't even get me started on starfish. (laughs) Uh. Anyway, guys, that's it for us on I'm Mitch Williams and Assorted Cartoons. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to give us a review for, you know, the sweetest review possibly on apple podcasts later everybody our opening and closing music is by mark soto for more cartoon related content please visit lunarceasefire.com 